taking the time to listen to the sermon from Hope Church Toronto North. It is our prayer that through this, you are challenged by the Word of God, you are built up in love, and that you are drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We want to remind you, this is never meant to substitute God's good plan for you to be present in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you do live in the North Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we invite you to join us at one of our Sunday morning gatherings. Our desire is that God would use this to encourage you with the hope we have in Jesus. In week two of the gathering, we are looking at Acts 2, 41 to 47, and I'm calling the message, Learning from the early church, learning from the early church. And Romans 15 says, whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction so that we may have hope through endurance and through encouragement from the scriptures. And so this passage is actually instructive to us. The the way Stephen A. Smith gets people's attention, this text should get our attention because it shows us the habits of a healthy church. And Brother Jermaine said this this week, I was talking, look at, look at your boy up there, he's clean, right? Fresh, right? That's a, I think it's a wedding day photo. But we were talking about the message together this week and he was sitting there in his cool, calm kind of voice. If you talk to Jermaine, he's just got an easy vibe about him, but he's just like, Marv, this passage is our true north. It sets the standard for the kind of community we should strive for in our church. And my aim in the message is to show you why Jermaine would say this and why we should, why this is true. So verse 41 says, so those who accepted his message. Now, this message, this word here, you're like, what's it talking about? Well, it's talking about the the sermon that Peter preaches Before this moment, in verses 14 to 36, so whenever you see words like so, it should teach you that when you're reading scripture that to look backwards. If somebody just dropped you into verse 41, so tells you something came before. So those who accepted his message, they believed, were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. Luke here tells us that they heard the gospel, they believed the gospel, and then they got baptized. They were added into the church family. And what he's doing is he's actually showing you the requirements for church membership. Membership is a biblical reality, and I want to give us a quick overview. Membership is seen in the beginning of the church, right here in the text that we're in. Membership is seen in the metaphor of the body of Christ. Membership is seen in the greetings of the New Testament Letters. Membership is seen in the command to elders to shepherd the flock. The elders need to know who their flock is. Who am I responsible for? I'm not responsible for every Christian in the world. That there's some people who are committed to us. Membership is seen in submission to elders. We're saying, these are my leaders. Membership is seen in church discipline. We're going to talk about that next week. And here's how this helps us. It helps us to see that membership is biblical. It's in the text. It helps us to see that the church is its members and the members are the church. Membership helps us to believe believers know who they can trust and grow with. 
Very important. You, sometimes people are like, Marv, why do you require membership at your church to be in a small group? Because small group is a place of trust. Not going to just let anybody in, and we don't know where they're going to sort of carry that message and that word that people share when they bear their hearts with one another. We want to protect that. Membership helps leaders know who they're responsible for. I said that already. I'm not, Pastor Yogi, Pastor Sean, we're not responsible for every Christian in the world. Membership enables the church to accurately represent Jesus to the world. And again, we're going to talk about that next week. And so you're like, what does this all mean? But before I give you that, Conrad Mbiwe, he says this. All Christians should belong to a local church. This is not optional. Tell them, brother. Attending a church regularly does not automatically make you a member of the church, of a church. There's a difference between the local church and the Sunday congregation. You must go beyond simply attending and should become a responsible member who fulfills all the responsibilities that Christ expects you to fulfill. That's the one another commands, using our gifts, loving one another, serving each other. That's the step we want to take because I said last week, we're a family. And so the application, you're like, what do I do now? Let me tell you, if you're not, not a baptized believer and not a member, that's the next step in our church. If this is your family, if this is home for you, take the step. If you are baptized, but you're not a member, then that's the next step. Take the step. And if you're like, I'm not, I don't feel that sure about it, then let's talk. Right? We don't, we're not going to force people into stuff. We want to have a conversation back and forth. You know how to get me. Just reach out. And we can talk. So this is what they do. Then they do some other things. Verse 42. Then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. So Luke here tells his friend Theophilus, who he writes this letter to, he says, the people got baptized, and they entered into the church family, then they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And the apostles were men with authority. You're like, how do you know? Because of what he says, signs and wonders were being done through them. The signs and the wonders authenticated their ministry. These were brothers to follow and listen to. See, the early church, what they do is they teach us to be a learning community. They embraced loving God with their minds. The word disciple, do you know what it actually means? Learner. When somebody chooses to be a disciple, what you're saying, when you're saying, I'm choosing to follow Jesus, what you're saying is, I'm choosing to learn everything that he has taught. Now, we don't just learn it to do nothing with it. We learn it because we want to obey it. And the scriptures say that when we obey, Andy, when you obey, when I obey, Sam, when you obey, Martina, when you obey, the Bible says we will be blessed in our doing. There's benefits that come. But how many of you know that it's not easy to read the Bible? It's just me up here, right? Sometimes you're like, I don't know what is going on. There's challenges we face. Let me show you. There's just general fatigue, right? Life is busy. It's hectic. Sometimes we're just flat out overwhelmed. I talk about the fellas in my house all the time because sometimes I'm just overwhelmed, Right? They want, you know, Irie wants to watch Hey Dougie House. You know, Zion wants to play Nintendo. And I'm like, I'm just trying to find out what's going on in Chronicles right now. 
You're just flat out overwhelmed. Maybe you feel that in your life sometimes. You're like, I don't know if I can find a moment to do this thing that I know is good for me. So how do we overcome? Well, you know me. I like to be practical when I'm up here. I, this, that's the kind of preacher I am. I don't, I'm not hiding it anymore. I, I want to give you stuff. Be flexible and read when you're alert. Don't try to just, you know, 5 a.m. nodding off in the middle. Of, don't do that. Find the right time and be flexible. Right? We're not saved by our Bible reading. We're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ that we just sung about. So be flexible. God's not up there shaking his head at you because you're doing it at 6 o'clock at night because you couldn't do it at 6 a.m. He's like, I love you. Do your thing. Listen to Scripture. Right? Some of us, the reading piece is tough. Listen to the Bible. Use your commute while doing household work. Shayon told me about this, Spotify, ESV, through the Bible in a year, you could, you could pick that up. If you're really into hip hop, there's this thing called street lights, Bible audio, just will bless your soul. So there's general fatigue, but that's how we overcome. Here's the next one. Some parts are confusing and can feel dull. I talked about First Chronicles, the first nine chapters are just names. I'm serious, and I've asked the Holy Spirit all the time, I, you say that all of the scripture is necessary. There's a lot of names, though. Just names. This can bring discouragement and temptation to give up, but don't. Ask the Holy Spirit for help. Study in community. Don't try to read on your own. And watch this. As we embrace the discipline of reading and receiving help from each other, I promise you, things will start to make sense. There is a part of it that just flat out requires discipline and perseverance. And things will start making sense. There's the next one. Keep them coming, Ray Ray. The reality of distraction and general disorganization. Right? There's social media. I don't have it. Uh, for those of you who do, you know how that probably feels. There's streaming services. There's Disney Plus. There's Prime. There's Crave. There's probably one I don't know about yet that you know. That we're just, we're just, we have lots of things that pull us away. The schedule, schedule has no structure. How do we overcome? Make a plan. Organize yourself. Cut some things out. That's another one. There's some things that just need to go. And Jermaine said this this week again. As he was, He's like, Marv, I think you need to say something here that just kind of drives it home a little bit more. And so he said this. Remember that the word is important and good for us. Amen. Sometimes you just have to get there in your mind. Like, this is actually better for me than watching another Michael B. Jordan movie. That the word is good for me. Let me show you some of the benefits when you get into the word. Scripture gives us wisdom for life in this world. Psalm 19, verse 7. The instruction of the Lord is perfect. Renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord are trustworthy. We can trust what the word says. Making the inexperienced wise. See the benefit? Wisdom comes for living life in this world as I get into the word. Next one. The scriptures give us a better understanding of our hearts. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge, here it is, the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Bible shows me where I'm at what I'm thinking, where I'm, where I'm about to go wrong. It, it's correcting me and guiding me, helping me. Here's the next one. The scripture, grow us in sanctification. Jesus in John 17 said, sanctify them in truth. He's praying for us here. He says, your word is truth. 
exposes me, yes, and shows me what needs correcting, what needs to change. The scriptures work that way in us. I think there's one more. The scriptures give us a deeper understanding of God. And that just means you got to read the whole thing. Genesis to Revelation, all those names and chronicles. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of goofing off about, about that a little bit, but at some point in your life, you do want to just go through those names because there's something there. Or the Spirit of God would not have put it there, and that will help us understand God in a deeper way. And so we dig in. Those are the benefits. And so I pray that you would, you would see that and, just, and be moved by the Spirit to get in the word. Verse 44 says, now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. When a need came up in this church family, they did something. They did something to meet the need. And Luke says that they sold their possessions. Now they teach us to be a sharing community. We learn and we share. A sharing community. This phrase here, they have all things in common is important. You're like, why? Well, because it's the same root word for fellowship used in verse 42. See, they shared a common identity in Christ. Saints, children of God but they also shared their possessions with one another. And it wasn't forced, right? This isn't communism. What you have here is a voluntary, sacrificial giving. And you're like, how do you know it wasn't forced? Because they still had private ownership. Acts 4 says, Barnabas sold a field he owned. So think about this. This is after chapter 2, which means... The disciples didn't sell all of their possessions at once. What they did is when a need came up, they did something. That's why I say it's not forced. This was voluntary. It was sacrificial and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. What you have here is a caring community. A community that when you look at the text, really, you're like, the gospel actually made a difference in their lives. Because this is immediately after being brought into the family. And, and what they do is they give sacrificially. And this church, what it has is a healthy benevolence ministry. That is what's going on here. When somebody was in need, somebody in the church said, I got you. That was what is going on. That's why we have a benevolence ministry in our church. It's right from passages like this. Because when... A member, remember I told you, I want this to be stuck in our head. We are a family. We're a family. And when a member in our church is struggling, we have a benevolence ministry because we want to look at that person and say, we got you. That you're not going to struggle by yourself, that there is a family that you can depend on. We're going to be here for you. The way a mother teaches her son to drive, my mother taught me how to drive. And she taught me how to drive when I uh, hit the wall with the car because I was snuck in the car. Anyway, the way a mother teaches a son to drive, what this passage does is it teaches us to look for needs in our church and do what we can to meet that need when we see it. And this 
fellowship of giving that you see going on here, do you know where you actually see it as well? You see it in the Trinity. There's a, they're, just, they're just following their God, our God. This fellowship of giving was also seen in the Trinity. Show it to him, Ray. Show it to him. There it is. The Father gave his Son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. So whoever believes in him will have everlasting life, I think is how it goes. The Son gave his life and the Spirit. Jesus comes dies in our place, lives perfectly for us, and then our brother sends us the help that we need. He's like, I'm going to send the helper. And we talked about this in the last series. It is to your benefit, Jesus says, that I go away. Because if I don't go, then the helper will not come. He sends the spirit. Then the spirit comes and he gives us life. And not just that, the power to live in victory. Remember, sin has no power over us. And to live with generosity. The fellowship of giving that we see in the text is seen in our triune God. Here's what this means. I think there's another slide. Is there another slide, Ray? No. There is not another slide. But what I want to tell you, I think I have it right here. Fellowship of giving. I'm going to turn to the back because I think I have it pasted in the back. Do I have it in the back? Yes. When we generously share with others, is it there? It's there. Yes, Ray, I thought it was there. Because me and Anthony, we work on this. So, okay, it's there. When we generously share with others, we are following and reflecting our triune God. Amen. That's important. We are reflecting, we are imaging him to the world, and we are being salt and light. We are being distinct, and we're telling the world our God is real. That's why we're willing to share and give things away. Now you hear me say all that, and you're like, but what if I don't have that much extra to share right now? What if things are tight? I don't, I don't, I don't, have, I don't have that much. Well... Sister Carla said this. We were in our small group. Again, my small group is reading through Acts. Now, before she said this, she's like, said, I'm not selling my Fitbit, but she was joking. She said, we might not have extra possessions that we can share. I love this. But we can always share a kind word, prayer for each other, and to be a source of encouragement and help with our presence in hard times. What am I trying to tell our church? Everyone in our church has something to offer when there is a need. And that's what Carla gets right, that we all have something to offer in this family to help one another when the tough times come. Verse 46 says, every day they devoted themselves to meet together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. Now they teach us to be a gathering community. Remember what Jermaine said. This is a passage that we look at. It's the standard because it has so many things to teach us as we slow down and listen and let the word of God just come into our hearts and minds. They, they, they gathered. They did it formally. Luke says that they went to the temple, that's the formal. They did it 
informally, they went house to house. There's formal and informal. And they did some things when they got together. They broke bread. Right? This, this, that phrase, see it there in verse uh, 46. Every day they devoted to themselves to meet together in the temple and broke bread. What it's talking about here is that they had communion together, the Lord's Supper. But it's also more than that. They just had a general meal together. They ate good food. What's Luke trying to tell you? They had a barbecue from here and there. Right? It's barbecue, I'm barbecue, barbecue season. It's on my mind. We're in, the, we're in the time of the year that I love. But they, they had a barbecue. They went from house to house. They just enjoyed each other's company. They fellowship and they ate. And notice also that he says they prayed. It says that if you go back up to verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. When they got together, they prayed. They went to the throne of grace in times of need. They sought God's help. They sought God's direction. What you see here is a church that actually makes prayer a priority, that it's important to them. It was part of their communal life. And as a church, we're trying to follow their example. That's why prayer, if you ever go on our website or look at our commitments, our, this is our number one commitment. Here's what I want to remind you. Hope Toronto North is committed to praying, and Pastor Dan has helped us craft this, uh, this, this statement. Hope Toronto North is committed to praying in recognition of its necessity. We need to pray. Our dependence, we are weak. We need help. Our culture tells us that we should just rely on ourselves. The Bible says, no, 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 fall on God. Amen. And our confidence in the power of God. We're confident that he has all power, that he can do all things. And here's the thing about prayer. It is a burden lifter. The person who chooses not to pray, what they're doing is they're putting a load on their back and they're going uphill all by themselves trying to get it done. And the load is like twice their weight. And so you're walking around with a burden on your back that you cannot carry when you choose to, not to pray. And God says, oh, no, 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 Marv. Don't keep the burden on your back. Cast it on me. Take it off. I want it. Because I'm stronger than you. All, the power resides in God, not in me. And so he says, cast, that's what it says in Peter. Cast your burdens on the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. So we lift it off. I can't handle it. It's yours. You take it. And then we say, thank you. Before the answer comes. That's what the scriptures teach us. Paul Thomas says, praying with thanksgiving. We give thanks for whatever answer God gives. Because I talk about this all the time. Whatever answer God gives, it's the best for us because he knows truly what we need and he knows what's up ahead. So we cast our burdens on the Lord. It's a burden lifter. The church did some structured things and some spontaneous things. And this pattern actually carries on throughout church history. This guy, I don't know how to say his name, I think it's Pliny or something like that. Cheon told me about him. Writing in church history about how the Christians behaved, he says, 
They asserted, however, that the sum and substance of their fault and error had been that they were accustomed to meet on a fixed day before dawn and sing responsively to a hymn, to Christ as to a God. See that? They, they gather. And to bind themselves by oath, not to do some crime. So they're like, we are going to live a certain way that's very distinct. That we're, we're going we're gonna to follow the law. Think about how important that is in the times we're in right now. Not to do some crime. They must know what it's like to go to jail. But to not commit fraud, theft, or adultery, not falsify their trust, nor refuse to return a trust when called upon to do so. When this was over, it was their custom to depart and to assemble again to partake of food. There's the barbecue again. But ordinary and innocent food. They gathered together, they enjoyed each other's company, they sang praises to God. This pattern carried on, they prayed, they lifted their voices together, and it carried on through church history. And the reason why it carried on is because it produced some really good results. You're like, where's the results? Andy's looking at me like, where's the results, Marv? All right, Andy, it's in the text. Look with me, brother. Verse 46, and every day, they devoted themselves to meet together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Sons, you can come now. It says that their hearts, here's the results, their hearts were full of joy from gathering together, from, from learning the scriptures, from sharing their possessions, living life together, there was this joy-filled heart that they had. And then there was this praise that went up to God from their mouth. And then it says that they were enjoying the favor of the people. What happens here is that the people in Jerusalem, they appreciated this new community. And they, they appreciated the new community because this community loved God and loved each other. And so the, they, they, it got people's attention. And my hope is that one day that this is what would be said of our church, our church. That the, that the community that God has put us in, and yes, it has been a while since we have been there, but I believe we will be there that that community in North York would look and they would appreciate our church community because they look and they say, those people love God and they love each other. That they're making a difference in our community, that they're planted here and they're actually bleeding out. They're not just stuck together inside and just only thinking about themselves. They're actually expanding out and making a difference, being salt and light there. That's our heart here. And their reputation made their witness effective. Again, look at the text. Every day, verse 47, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. People came to Christ because they were witnessing, because they were sharing their faith. And their reputation made it so that they got a receptive ear to the message. And notice that God did the adding. Do you notice that? Didn't say, and they added people. It says, God added people day by day. And that's because growth is up to God. 
And that is so important for us as a young church to actually remember, right? Our church isn't massive and we're not trying to build some massive thing. I told you, we're trying to go deep more than we're trying to go wide. But we're not against growth, but this is the kind of growth we want. This is the kind of growth we should pray for. New believers growth. The family's expanding because more people are coming in who are not following Jesus, who need to follow Jesus, who need a savior. But we remember that God does the adding because it protects us from adopting gimmicks. We remember that God does the adding because it protects us from trying to be an entertainment center. We don't want to be that. Again, we want to be a family. We are that. But remembering that he does the adding, it also protects us from adopting growth strategies. And we just say, our job is to be a faithful witness of God in this community, love one another, love God, and leave the adding up to him. He will build the church however he wants. He will bring the people in that he's like, these are the people who I want here. And I needed that word myself this week, just to stay there and say, it's, it's all up to the Lord. When I, when I realized that this week in studying, it was just, I immediately started praying and repenting. Because it's very tempting to try to do strategy and entertain and try to convince people to be here and not be here. And, and the Lord's like, nah, Marv, just leave it up. You just be faithful. Shepherd the flock, you and the other guys. And let me do the work. Growth by new believers. Daryl Bach said, Luke presents an ideal for the Christian community, which it must always strive for constantly return to and discover anew if it if it is to have the unity of the spirit and purpose essential for an effective witness the church is to be a place of spiritual growth and spiritual praise a place this is so important that is relational enough to meet needs see that Engage the culture. We're not just kind of just putting our head down and saying, you know, we're just holding on till Jesus comes back. We're not afraid to say, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. And here's why you should follow him too. Engage the culture and share Christ. Our big takeaway. I saved it till the end. But I hope you've been feeling it all the way through that this is the kind of community that we wanna be like. And so here it is, the early church models the type of community we should commit to being. That's the takeaway. We go back here, that's where our mind should go. This is, the, this is a healthy church, healthy habits. This is what we want to adopt. So let's continue to be a community that builds our life on the word. And let's continue to be a community that shows love to people inside because that's what's going on and outside the church it's all there in the text can we get brother Jermaine up here again because I like what he said I wasn't going to end here but I'm going to end here look at that boy again this passage is our true north it sets the standard for the kind of community we should strive for in our church church. Maybe write that down. 
And when you come to this text, pray that this is the kind of church that we would be, continue to be. I think a lot of these things are going on already. We just need to continue in that lane. Let's pray. Father, Lord, your word is truth. I pray, Lord God, that your word would be sanctifying us, even now as we've sat under it, as we walk away to think about what it means to practically do it and obey it. We pray, Lord God, that your name would be greatly glorified as we build our life on your word. And as you lead us, Lord God, in your love to those around us, would people realize that our God is real? Would the saints at Toronto North be helped, Lord God, by the way we live? And would those who don't know Jesus Christ come to faith in him? Father, we humbly understand and are reminded that this kind of community does not come by just thinking about it, that we actually have to walk in some of these things, but we need the Holy Spirit to help us. And so we ask for that. And God, I pray that we would stay in a place of surrender and trust, knowing, Lord God, that as we do these things, you will work through us to meet different needs. You will grow us in our understanding of you and our commitment to walk in the word. You will save and bring people into the family. And so I pray, Lord God, that you would continue to do a great work. Thank you for the people you have brought to our church family. Lord, thank you for the, the heart of the people that you have brought to our church family. The way I watch them love each other, serve each other. The way I watch them, Lord God, humbly pray to you and ask for your help, trust you in hard times. We pray, Lord God, that that would only continue in our family. Take us deeper, deeper in our understanding of you and deeper in our love for one another and our commitment to walk in the word, we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. For more resources or information about Hope Church, visit HopeTorontoNorth.com.